Hey everybody, my name is Chauncey Haney and welcome to another episode of Accidental Isolation, where I like to bring on a guest to talk about a moment where they unintentionally found themselves alone, whether it be mentally, physically, or emotionally. This podcast is to give listeners an opportunity to see how common it is to be stuck in accidental isolation. Today we have former Utah U, Brian Allen. After his five-yard stand in the NFL, he blessed me to be his teammate uh, with the Birmingham Stallions, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. Happy to be here. Yes, sir. I appreciate you coming, giving me a little bit of your time, uh, you know, just talk to my viewers and everything. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and get started, and I want them to know a little bit about you. So tell me a little bit about your history, man, where you're from, how you grew up. Uh, so grew up in a small town called Lamarck, Texas, like uh, maybe 30 minutes south of Houston. Um, family are all girls mom two sisters uh, my mom and dad are separated so my dad remarried I have a, a sister on his side too so grew up all women man um, big lover of sports number one sport that I love to play was basketball mm-hmm. because uh, a lot of people told me I was too skinny to play football so I was always a basketball player um, you know started playing that and then uh, coming into high school my freshman year I was like all my friends were playing football so I'm yeah. like let me try it out you know, ended up playing it, you know, ended up going well, ended up like playing football and, you know, ended up scoring my first touchdown. And I guess my, like I could say, my career took off from there. Yeah, after that. When were you, so what year did you start playing football? Oh, man. So I graduated in 2012. So I think I started playing about, you know, 2007, 2008, seriously. Like okay, I played yeah. Little League, but like I took it seriously once I got to, you know, like the eighth, ninth grade. Okay, okay, yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. Man. Excited to have you on, man. So after hearing the definition of accidental isolation, why don't you tell us what that looked like for you? Uh, man, so the biggest thing, you know, for me was when I, you know, had to leave home and go to college. So growing up in Texas, I went to college way in Utah. Okay. And uh, for me, like I said, it was it was tough, you know, not having my family there because, like, I have a real close-knit family. Like, we, you know, we talk and we do everything on a daily basis. So finally going to college as a freshman, not being able to, you know, go to mama when I need something, yeah. go to daddy when I need something. I had to, you know, grow up on my own. And uh, it got times, like I said, I just felt like I didn't fit in in Utah. So, um, you know, I would find myself going into these these mental ruts where I was just like, man, I want to leave this place. Don't like it here. Like, I, I just I couldn't do it. Like, and I had to be there for football to perform. But when my when my mental wasn't right, I felt like it was affecting with my play on the field as well. So, like I said, it was, it was a lot of things, a combination of, you know, Finally having to grow up, you yeah. know, pay my own bills, cleaning my own, washing my own clothes, uh, you know, feed myself. So, yeah. like I said, it was it was a you know a combination of things that I just had to, you know, learn up and grow. But, like, that was probably the, one of the toughest times I had to get through. No, nah, most definitely, man. I think a lot of people experience that, athlete or not, just getting, getting to college, especially if you go away from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just got to learn how to adapt. You got to learn how to be yeah, an adult. Yeah, for sure. um, and I think college does a good a good thing for a lot of people because you're out there by yourself, but you still have a community yeah, around you. You still have right. a campus. And uh, lucky for you, you know, you were able to go uh, on an athletic scholarship, yeah. so you also had your teammates and things like that. You're still there to play football. Uh, did this affect how you played on the field coming in as a freshman already? Um, you already have some chip in your shoulder because you want to be able to play. You want to be able to uh, do what you love, uh, that what you went there for. So going through all these other lows with learning how to live life and things like that, did football affect that or did this affect your play on the football field? Uh, it's a little bit of both, like I said, because kind of how I looked at it, like I said, I, football was my escape. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what I, at the time, that's what I loved to do. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Football was my escape. So when I, like I said, I got to college, you know, I was, you know, I was just like, okay, with all of this going on, 
let me go work my butt off in football. And once I get on the football field, everything would just be smooth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, uh, you know, my freshman year didn't go as I thought it was going to be. You know, like I said, I came in as a freshman with a chip on my shoulder, but also got to realize there are other people that are just yeah. as good as you. You're not, you're not the star on the team anymore. You know what I'm saying? You got other good people. So as a freshman, I ended up having a red shirt, you know, and that, like I said, that kind of messed with my psyche too. Because in my mind, I was already ready to go in and make an immediate impact. And it didn't happen the way I wanted to, you know, on top of with all the other things yeah. that I mentioned earlier, you know. So, um, yeah, man, it, it kind of, like I said, my for my freshman year, like I said, I could have took it a lot more serious than I did just because, like I said, I was just mentally not in mm-hmm. it anymore, like I said, just because, like, I felt like it was over. Yeah. Like, everything I had worked for, it wasn't going to pan out, you know what I'm saying? So I kind of, like, didn't take it as serious as I should have my freshman year, but, like, I mean, it was just a combination of a lot of stuff. This is for a lot of the uh, high school athletes that are going to go and further their career and play college football. Do you think that you're coming in with a little high? Um, you know, you just had a great high school career, got a D1 offer coming out there. Do you think that affected a little, little bit uh, your mindset about going in? Did you think it was going to be easy? Or not necessarily easy, but did you think it would be different than what you actually yeah. experienced? Yeah, I mean, because like, I'm pretty sure like all of these, you know, these college coaches, they come sit on your couch yeah. and they tell you this and they tell you that, or you're going to be this, you're going to be that. And like I said, and I kind of like, in my mind, I kind of knew like how it was, yeah. but a, a part of me wanted to believe Still it. Still believe you know? it, yeah. So it's kind of like I went into it thinking like, oh, you sat on my couch, you ate my food, like you did all of this, you told me I was going to be this. But when I get up here, it's totally different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that, like I said, kind of got into my into my mental too. Mm-hmm. And then when they kind of like made me red shirt, shut me down, I was just like, well, damn, you know, like yeah. what was all of that we just talked about? You know what I'm saying? Then on top of like getting out there, like I said, I mentioned it, I just didn't like the place at all. Like I felt like I didn't fit in. It wasn't the necessarily the best fit for me, yeah. you know? So it was kind of like, I'm just like, I was just mentally out of it at that point. Going to a place where you don't fit in as a human first, because at the end of the day, regardless of what your profession is, you are a human. I bet it could feel alone, especially when you don't have anyone necessarily around you uh, that you're comfortable with, um, and then going to a new place. So how did you like make it through your freshman year? Uh, so, I mean, for one, I happened to, like this summer going into my, my second year of college, I ended up meeting my wife. Um, and she kind of like kept me grounded, you okay. know what I'm saying? Showed me, you know, things outside of, you know, football that, you know, Utah had to offer, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So she was kind of like one of the ones who did make me feel alone, you know what I'm saying? Like I had somebody, other than my teammates, you know what I'm saying? Because I got to see them every day. Yeah. Like this was just somebody on the outside who genuinely, like I said, cared about me as a person rather than a football player, as I felt, you know? so. Um, I ended up meeting, you know, meeting her. Then at the same time, I was like, okay, going into my second year, she was, you know, right there on my side. Like, man, work harder, go get what you want, you know. Uh, so, like I said, that summer going into my second year, I worked my butt off again to earn a spot. I actually did get in the rotation, but, you know, they ended up, you know, bringing a guy in from junior college and throwing him over me. So it's kind of like I was starting from square one all over again. Yeah. So at that point, I'm just like, yeah, I'm done. Like, this ain't it. Like, I worked my butt off for y'all for two years basically and you just come in like a guy that's just coming in because you think he has more college experience than me he has game experience he should be playing with me and I like and I said now that's when I was just I just mentally was just done with football in yeah. general not just necessarily the school I just was like this no it's not it's, it it's, it's not it yeah and I think a lot of people go through that especially after uh, they think they gave it their all or they think they did everything they possibly can do 
and things just aren't working for them. They just keep hitting the wall. They just keep hitting the wall. So at this point in time, were you still at receiver? Yes. Or okay, yes. so you're still at receiver, and you you know your coaches they're telling you, man, you're doing good, you're having good camps, but this guy just might he might just be a yeah. little bit better than you. That's what they're telling yeah. you. It might not be true or not, but this is what they're telling you. So after this second year, you went through camp. Uh, it's kind of like you hit another wall. Um, can could your family back at home, or could your uh, girlfriend at the time, right? Mm -hmm. Could she tell? Like, did people see, or did they notice? What you were going through? Yeah. Did they know you were going through yeah, these so, lows? Yeah, or for, so actually, like she noticed it, and then like one of the coaches on the coaching staff noticed it. Mm -hmm. Like, and at the time, like you know, not trying to make it a racial thing, yeah. he was the only you know black coach we had on the staff yeah. at the time. So um, he noticed it. He noticed like, okay, I wasn't you know practicing as hard. I wasn't showing up to class. Like he just knew I wasn't into it. Mm -hmm. So like he happened to you know call me in the office and you know we was even though he was a defensive coach at the time yeah. I was on offense you know he noticed he noticed it because he wanted the best out of you know everybody especially exactly. like I said for him he's been coaching there a while but at the same time he's you know saying he looks like us too. exactly so he has to he knows what it's yeah, like so to he be knows in that what it, he knows what it's like to be in that state of mind you mm -hmm. know so I'm like. I kind of talked to him let him know everything that was going on I just had to get it off my chest like mm -hmm. other than you know talking with you know my wife at the well my girlfriend at the time mm -hmm. but like somebody else to hear me out and exactly. like he understood you know what I was you know what I was going through and um like I said going into my junior year um he talked with me and he was like you know what come try and play defense for me mm -hmm. you know so going to my redshirt junior year like I said I played defense but mind you I'm thinking it's just going to be another you know bunch of baloney yeah, you know just to, just to keep me there you know what I'm saying so I don't have to you know transfer out or mm -hmm. quit school just to stay in school to finish so um Going into my junior year, it was one game, like I said, because I have never played defense before in my mm -hmm. life. I have been an offensive player my whole life. So going into my, red, my red shirt junior year, like, this is my first time yeah. ever like, having to actually make a tackle exactly. or do play had defense to come at to all. The dark side. So, um, yeah, man, so I stayed in there. I stayed with it. And, you know, I had a decent camp at, you know, at defensive back. But like I said, it was just my first time doing it. So mm -hmm. I was still pretty raw, natural, still learning the position. So, um came one week I forgot what game it was he was just like uh we got some bodies down you might have to play this week so if I was you I'd pay attention in my mind I'm like <laughs> another, you're just talking you, I'm not yeah I'm not playing um but sure enough uh something happened and I had to go in the game and like I said like I was prepared mm -hmm. like I said I knew everything that was going on but in my mind I'm just like okay damn it's like really my first time getting some action action in, yeah. in basically three years. So, almost, so is this your first game? This is my first, like, defensive game. Okay, like yeah. I said, like, I played offense in college a little bit, like, but not as much as I should have, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, so this was my first defensive game. I actually got in and, you know how you know how offense yeah. is. They see a new corner, they coming right at you the first play. Uh, guy ended up coming at me first play. I made the play. And from that point, I'm just like, okay, maybe I should lock in and take this yeah. a little bit more serious. I mean, from, from that point on, I kind of, like, was just like, you know what? Let me lock in, take it serious, and, like, we'll see where it goes, you okay. know. And then, like I said, I ended up coming back having, a, as a senior, earning a starting job at the defensive back position. I mean, just in two years playing, you know, uh, defensive back, I ended up having six interceptions, you know, in a, you know, a powerhouse conference like the Pac-12 exactly. throwing the football, so. Do you remember that first defense yeah, game? Who, yes. Who'd y'all play? Washington State. Washington State. And this was when Mike Leach was there. That was okay. the, air, the air raid offense. Well, uh, that was the coach, right? Yeah, he was the coach. Yeah, so, coach. yeah, he was back in, he was a coach back when, uh, you know, Texas Tech had Michael Crabtree yeah. and those guys throwing the football like that. So, um, 
Yeah, they were throwing the ball. I can't remember the receiver, but I remember I was in on the twenty yard line, and the first play they went at me, it was it was raining too, mm-hmm. and they they tried to throw you know inside uh, a fade on me, and like I said, it was either overthrown or I broke it up or something. But I was like, damn, this I'm actually here. happened. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So now it's just like after that, and I think I only played maybe like two or three snaps of defense that game, but I was just like from that point on, I was just like, okay, like. He didn't feed like he. Yeah. This was the first time I felt like a coach gave me something that wasn't a false reality. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like he was like, "You might play this week," and I'm just like, "Yeah, whatever." But that was and the then truth. I ended up having to play. You know what I'm saying? So from that point on, I'm just like, you know what? Let me lock in and take it serious because like who knows? Maybe exactly. that's that's a blessing in disguise. You know what I'm saying? That's maybe that's God telling me like, all right, focus in. You it's something you know big on the other side. Exactly. So like I said, I ended up. Know earning the starting job going into my senior year, having you know a decent two years at the position, and you know what I'm saying that got me got me drafted. One thing I, I like, I'm big on is is community. Um, community is what propels people mm-hmm. to go further because sure. you can go very far alone, but you can go further with people around you. Sure. Um, and one thing you had to learn as a sophomore going into your junior year is to trust someone. Yeah. In your benefit, you had a coach that you felt that you could trust, mm-hmm. um, and he told you something. And you trusted it, and he gave you your first opportunity to get real, you know, good mm-hmm. actual in-game reps. Uh, and from there, it took off. And it's good that you had a coach there that, that could be a part of your community. Um, now, I remember you saying after your freshman and after your freshman year going to your sophomore year, you met your girlfriend at the time, which, you know, which is now your wife. And you said she helped you a lot. Uh, since we're on community, let's talk about how you met your girlfriend. And let's just talk about how some of the things she did to help or encourage you to get out of these ruts and let's talk about how she just did things that keep pushing you uh yeah so um like i said we ended up meeting she went to a you know a community college that wasn't too far from campus where mm-hmm. i was and um we ended up meeting you know through mutual friends she knew some of my teammates and you know in college you go have you know so gatherings with your yeah. teammates and like i said we ended up you know meeting there for the first time and uh that encounter didn't go so well yeah um <laughs> But um, ended up seeing her again maybe like a couple months later, and we just got to talking. And, you know, from that point on, we looked back on the first situation we met, and, you know, it was a funny situation. And like yeah. I said, we just got to, you know, hanging out. And from that point, we were pretty much together for the next basically three years uh-huh. at that point. In my junior year, uh, having, you know, had my first daughter, we had a, we had a kid together. And okay. Like I said, she was like, it was just like one of those, she was one of those people that just, you know, was always with me no matter what, you know, like um, when I was going through, you know, tough times with, you know, the football stuff, trying to manage a family, all that type of stuff, like her family took me in too. Yeah. So it was kind of like I had a, a, a family away from exactly. my family, you know, so it was somebody who I could actually, you know, go to and talk to and just like be a, yeah. just have a home cooked meal yeah. for once, you yeah, know what I'm saying? So like, her family like took me in, man, with open arms. So it was kind of like from that point on, it was just like I got a family now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like I, had, it was a point where I didn't go back to Texas for about three years. You okay. know what I'm saying? I was just like at that point, I'm like I have my family here. I got a family here. Like these people love me. Like they'll do anything for me. Exactly. And you know, vice versa. So it was kind of like that. That kind of kept me grounded as well. To me, it allowed me to you know focus more on football. Focus more on school, you know what I'm saying? Like, just get myself back on the right path and right back in the, the mental capacity that I need to be in so I can perform. And that that's really incredible because I think a lot of people, either one, don't realize who they have around them, uh, and sometimes they need to realize who they have around them. Uh, 
community is huge like like you know like we already spoke about how it can push you to go further and i think having people who one can see when you're going through things um and they, they you know they see it they can feel it and they can either one just guide you out of it uh no one can get you out of the problems yeah. that you're in you, sure. you're the only one that can get yourself out sure. but i think community is something big to have around you to help propel you out of these things and obviously it propelled you to a lot of great things in life you were able to get drafted mm-hmm. uh let's talk a little bit about how that experience went um because just two three years ago you were questioning quitting you was questioning utah itself transferring everything and you were able to overcome that and not only overcome that and just continue to have a good life you overcame that and had a a great accomplishment in getting drafted uh that's something a lot of people can commend you for because a lot of people unfortunately do give up and they do quit um is there anything else that kind of kept you on track uh, to not want you to quit besides community or besides the people around you? Is there something you did? Was there something that switched in your head or was there anything like that that just told you, I got to keep going because something else is out there for me? Yeah, um, really what it was that, that just made me just like click and just totally lock in was the birth of my daughter. Yeah. My first one. That was really just, that was my why to keep mm-hmm. pushing. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, I got to, find a way to provide for her. You know what I'm saying? Not only myself, but her. I want to give her the life, you know, that I didn't have growing up. Because I didn't have a bad life growing up, but at the same time, like, I want her life to be better than, you know, mine. I want to be able to give her anything she wants, you Uh know? So, like I said, that was really my my reason for, you know, for for keeping pushing, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, and after those, you know, two years of playing defensive back, like, I was, you know, able enough to, you know, garner some attention, Uh you know, Towards NFL scouts. Yeah, know, I so. mean a six-two, six-three yeah. corner. And that's what I'm saying. At the time, that was the shift. You know where everybody was looking at the, you know, the Richard Sherman type yeah. corners. You know what I'm saying? And that kind of fit the description. You know, so like I said, it was, it was cool, man. And when I when I really, you know, knew it was a reality, well, it could be a possibility. Mm-hmm. Was when you know I um I got a call one day from just a random number. And I happen to answer it. Like, usually, like I said, I'm the type of guy, if your phone number's not saved in my phone, I'm not, not answering it. So just this one day, I like, in college, I, I got a random call from from a, a, a Vegas number mm-hmm. who's happened, like, that's my agent. His name is Steve Carrick. Um, he called me, and he's like, uh, is this Brian? And I'm like, yeah, and we just got to talk. And he, just, he introduced himself, who he was, and he was just like, okay, like, I'm going to just be completely honest with you. This is what I'm hearing. I like the intangibles, like... And I would like to represent you, you know, yeah. as a as a client. But at the time, you know, they had so many rules and stuff where you couldn't agree with an agent or you can get suspended yeah. and all that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, man, I went through that process and ended up signing with, you know, I had a couple suitors, ended up signing with the agent who I'm with now. And then for me, like, that's when the real work started. Yeah. Like, outside of everything that went on in my college career, this was a whole separate ball game exactly. as far as the NFL. Like, I had to go... You know, leave my family in Utah to go to California to train for three, four months. Okay. So, like, I wasn't seeing, you know, and it's me being a dad of a daughter. Yeah, you know that, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I wanted to be around my daughter any chance I could. But it's kind of like, for me, like I'm saying, it's not a not a bigger purpose. But it's mm-hmm. like, I got to go chase this dream so I can give you what you want, you know. So, like, that was tough not being able to see my kids and stuff when I wanted to. Then on top of, you know, working my butt off to get a combine mm-hmm. invite, you know. So, I'm saying, like, just the, the NFL process of, you know, Going from college to that was just a whole separate ball game. In exactly, because for those who don't know, I think one of the greatest accomplishments you could have, obviously, you know, it's it's all jokes, but 
getting a call from random numbers. Uh, I think any NFL free agent can attest to it. You got to answer every phone call. And yeah. there's a lot of scam likelies out there, man, that we got. You know what I'm saying? But, but you never know. Exactly. You, you never, never know. know. And I think that's just something that's, that's I guess, kind of cool to have. Mm-hmm. It's like you got to have answer any phone call because you can get a call at any moment from anybody anywhere sure. in the world. Yeah, I got sure. I got phone numbers calling me from other countries, yeah. but they're for the NFL. Yeah. And it's like, I would have never answered this. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, but back to you, man. You, you were saying... Uh, you know, you got an agent, you just finished your college career, and, you know, he's telling you, hey, man, I got a training facility, you know, in California. Mm-hmm. I want you to come out. Um, and as a father, like you said, of a, you know, of a daughter and that, I know that had to be tough to, like, say, hey, baby, this is your wife now, mm-hmm. you know, and everything. Like, I got to go leave and I got to go to training. Mm-hmm. Um, how how did they react to this? Were they supportive? I'm assuming so, yeah. but, you know. Like that, said, that definitely helped, it was, right? Yeah, no, so, like, they were definitely supportive of, I mean, of that because they knew I was chasing my dreams, exactly. you know, but at the same time, it was tough. Like, and I said, we were in Utah, like, my wife had her family and mm-hmm. stuff there to help a little bit. So she bit, had some help. But at the same time, she was like, you know, I, I kind of need you here to help me, yeah. but I understand, you know what I'm saying? So, like, for me, like, that was the biggest thing we had early on was, like, understanding each other's dreams, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, she had you know, dreams of finishing school. But like I said, we we were pretty much the same age, but she ended up getting pregnant with my daughter. So yeah. she couldn't necessarily finish yeah. what she wanted to. So she sacrificed some stuff for me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like she sacrificed a lot for me so I can do what I'm doing now. You exactly. know what I'm saying? So, but like, yeah, she she was definitely a trooper, man. She was right there in my, in my, in my corner and uh, she was real supportive of what I had to do to, you know, to go chase my dream. That's incredible, man. So now you're out in Cali, um, you're training, Tell us a little bit about, you know, how that went or, like, just your process up until the draft. And you said you had to earn a workout spot. So did Utah not have a combine that year? I mean, a pro day that year? Yeah, no, they, they did. I had to work very hard. I was, like, one of the last people to yeah. get invited to the combine. You okay, know what yeah. I'm saying? So, like, the combine stuff, you know how that goes. But, um, you know, like I said, I was tra- whether I had a combine invite or not, I was, like I yeah, said, trainer. at that point, like, I got an agent. This is what he's telling me. I'm going to go to my pro day and, you know, do what I got to do to mm-hmm. just, just to get a chance to get into the door. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like, people looked at it, my story coming out, offensive player his whole career, only two years at defense. Like Even though he has the intangibles, he's pretty raw at the position. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like reading stories on me, like, okay, he's you know, seven-round draft pick to being undrafted just off the, yeah. the simple fact of, you know, his experience. You know, so like I said, I'm in California um, training with some guys who, like, to this day might be some of my best friends. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I found... You know, guys, you know, to keep me sane. And at the time, like I say, it was, I, I happened to be the only one with a kid. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, every, they all had, you know, similar stories, you know, or, yeah. or different backgrounds where we could relate, you know. So, and, like, they, we, we, like, we're still super cool to this day, you know. And, um, you know, I say, everything worked out. You know what I'm saying? Went to the combine, had a great, great test. You know, I tested, I tested well at the combine, mm-hmm. you know. And, like I said, went to, you know, pro day. Everything went there, went well there. So, and. You know, and after that, the rest was his. Your wife and your, you know, daughter mm-hmm. had to sacrifice a lot. Um, but a lot of times people don't see that. Yes, everybody sacrifices for me, but I, I don't think sometimes people realize that it, it does hurt me. Yes, I'm chasing yeah. the dream that I want. So this is what I want. Sure. Um, so a lot of people think like, hey, you're doing what you want. You're okay. Were you? So you left Texas to go to Utah, mm-hmm. unfamiliar area. You left your family to go to an unfamiliar area. Mm-hmm. Now you're in Utah. You grew and you gained a new family. Mm-hmm. And now you're leaving again. This time only, you know, this time shorter. Yeah. But this is another time where 
you're Feeling somewhere like you new, start from scratch, start from scratch yeah, alone. For sure. And so how like how did that? How did you deal with that? Was that a little bit better this time? Because at least you knew maybe you had yeah. how, how that experience And that's the thing. Go. Like, this was a little bit better. Like, the simple fact, like I said, because I knew I was actually chasing the dream. Yeah. Something bigger. But, like, in college, I didn't. Like, I didn't know that. You didn't like, know I mean, obviously, had. as a football player growing up, as a little little kid, like, your, mm-hmm. che- your dream is always to get to the NFL. You know what I'm saying? That's everybody's. I ain't going to say everybody's. But yeah. the majority of the people that play football, like, or from a young age, grow up to be in it like one of our to be in the NFL. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like so I was playing, you know, little league football, but like I t- I didn't start taking it serious until eighth ninth grade. Yeah. I always wanted to play basketball. But um like, like this time it was a, it was just a, it was a little bit different, you know what I'm saying? Because I was chasing the dream, but it was still hard on me, like I said, the simple fact just of the bond I have with my wife and my daughter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like not being able to, you know, be with them every day. I mean, like, we would talk every day, FaceTime every day, but just, like, being able to be there, especially with my daughter in the young, like, those young stages, yeah. you want to be in their life as much as possible. You know what I'm saying? So, like, for me, and growing up around all girls, I got a soft spot for, yeah, for, for women. You know what I'm saying? So, like, my, I just wanted to be around my daughter and my wife all the time. Much you know more. what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, man, that, it, it was a little bit better, but it was still tough. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it was still... One of those things you had to get through, but like you said, it was a you know bigger purpose at the exactly. end of the, at the end of the, the road. So that's why I was trying to you know work my butt off and get to exactly. And so you know after going through that even more, and it's like, how did it feel when you finally? When did you get the call that hey, your guy invited to the NFL Combine? And for those you don't know, the NFL Combine uh, is invite only, uh, only for the top college athletes of that draft class. Um, and it's only what two hundred twenty slots, something like that. Yeah, something like that. And yeah. there's what. Right around three hundred draft picks. Yeah. So, well, or is it yeah, less than that? Right, nah, it's, it's around. It's like two sixty yeah, draft yeah, picks yeah, and like yeah, two hundred yeah. slots for the combine. Sure. So that's a great accomplishment. And for someone who's out chasing their dream, um, battling whatever they're battling with their family back home and now here, how did that feel to know that hey, I'm another step closer than just you know my agent telling me hey you're you know you're yeah. seventh undrafted, you'll likely get a shot to now now I'm an NFL combine guy. Yeah, so which increases that you know increases the chances. It was, yeah, like I feel like it was a, it was a. Now I wouldn't necessarily say I weighed off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I said because like, I was the type of guy like. I would read blogs and yeah. stuff like about myself, like All what people time. saying about me. You know what I'm saying? Like even though I shouldn't care what people are saying mm-hmm. about me, but like, at the time because I was going through that, that was my future. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it was kind of like, yeah, I would I would read stuff like that. So when I finally got the you know. It was like, you know, late round draft pick to being undrafted, you know what I'm saying? So, like, that really made me push harder, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, and I ended up getting the combine invite. When I got the combine invite, I was like, okay, this is just another step for me to go out here and prove why I should be up here with some of these, you know, these top guys. And like I said, my draft class was, at the DB position, was loaded my year. So, um, but I was just like, you know what? I can't look at what they do. I got to go be... Me, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Allen. I gotta go, yeah, I gotta go be myself. So, like I said, I went out there, like, and I put, you know, I, I ran with some of the guys, some with some of the guys who went first mm-hmm. round. Like, I jumped with some of the guys who went first round. But, I mean, like I said, that just wasn't my, you know, yeah. it was, it first round wasn't in my plans. Exactly. But at the same time, like I said, I went out there and tested the best, you know, well, I'm gonna say, like, the best I could do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all you can to, do. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It was, happened to be, you know, in some statistical categories, I was, you know, one or two here in the top ten here, yeah. in the top, like so. I'm saying I feel like I tested well, you know exactly. what I'm saying. So I feel like that 
combine alone was just like when it was over with i felt you know like accomplished you can't compare like comparison is, is a thief of all joy and at the end of the day you got invited just like everyone else and then you did the best brian allen could do and you felt good about that mm -hmm. and that's the joy that's pure joy yeah, that's sure. what pure joy feels like because you could have sat there and said hey I didn't test as good as this one guy in this category or this guy in this category. And you, you could have worried about all the bad things that's happening. Mm -hmm. But instead, I feel like in life, sometimes you, you have to find those good things because sure. in just about everything, mm -hmm. there's something good out of it. Yeah. Um, and that was something you had you had to look forward to that I tested well. And the next step was the draft. And so after training uh, at the combine, were you able to go back home? Were you what what around what time were you able to go home from the pro days and combines to yeah, be able to so just when I went chill to, in Utah? Yeah, when I went to uh, after I left the combine, I actually ended up going back to the training facility. Like I said, because my pro day wasn't you know to maybe another two two and a half weeks out, yeah. so I went back to my training facility back in California, and you know it was just you know continuing to you know make sure my body was healthy, just making sure I'm staying on top of you know the little things because when you go back to the Pro days, you, yeah. you got to do some stuff over that you didn't, that you feel like you didn't do well yeah. at the combine. You know what I'm saying? So I ended up, you know, going back, and when I finally got back to, uh, you know, say I finally got back to Utah, uh, did went through pro day again, and it was just like I said, it was just good to be around. Like I said, at that point, like I hadn't been home. Like yeah. once I met my wife and had my kid, I didn't go back to Texas for like maybe three years mm -hmm. at that point. So I was just kind of like. It felt good to be back in home, no, yeah. at home, like seeing some of your old teammates that's yeah. supporting you, seeing your family that's supporting you, your coaches that's supporting you. So it was kind of like instead of just being at the combine, where it's By just yourself. stale focus, like you could actually like feel like okay, I can be free. You know, Relax. so I got my people with me. My people want me to succeed, do good. They like right here in my corner. So and it was like I said, it felt it felt good to be back. You know what I'm saying? So it was cool. Yeah, you got to go to your pro day, which is back at your home school. Have all your family around you supporting you and everything. Uh, after this is, you know, draft day comes. Tell us about that. How, how the draft day? Uh, so for the draft, I wanted to, you know, go back home to Texas so I can, mm -hmm. you know, be with, you know, my family who couldn't make it out yeah. to, you know, games or anything like that. So I went back, wife, kids, you know, I got some, you know, some of my best friends around, parents, grandparents, you know. So we we're watching the draft, and if I mean, like, if you're an athlete out there, like, the draft might be one of the most stressful. <laughs> Like, you, you think the combine is stressful, yeah. but the draft is a whole totally another different animal. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the first round goes by, day one goes by. Uh, I mean, like, at this point, like I said, because I tested, I kind of knew I was going to be, like, a day three guy mm -hmm. around, you know, yeah. fourth through, you know, seventh. So, um, day one goes by, and I'm just looking at all the guys getting drafted. Um, day two goes by, and I'm just looking at some of the guys getting drafted. And like I said, it's like you said, it's not comparable. Yeah. But you're looking at some of the guys who get, like, it's hard not to, like, it's hard not to. to compare when you're looking at guys on the draft be like, man, my stats was better exactly. than he is. Or, like, I, I locked him better, up. <laughs> I, I did this better than him. Or, like, my stats, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, was, it was hard. But at the same time, I was just like, you know what? That's not for me. I can't, yeah. I can't do that. I can't control that. So, you know what I'm saying? They... Day three goes by. I think like I slept in front of the TV from the day the draft started till till I was I was drafted. Like I didn't move. Um, so day three comes. You know the fourth round goes by, and I kind of like see my name. You know as somebody like the, the best yeah. available. So I'm thinking like, okay, cool. Fourth round is coming. I'm for, I'm for sure finna be off. Um, fourth round goes by. I'm getting a little bit nervous. Like at this point, I'm just like, man, I don't even want to be here anymore. So it got to the point like the, the draft is just rolling. Fifth round comes, uh, and I, like at this time I, I had to step out, like I yeah. was because I had just I was just mentally trained, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was 
super anxious and um just so happened I, I step outside my phone rings and it was a, a Pittsburgh number mm-hmm. I got and the first person I talked to was was Mike Tomlin um and he was just you know asking me like how I like how I was feeling and stuff like that then when he let me know he was just like okay we're gonna make you a stiller right here like yeah. it was just like a weight just lifted off my shoulders you know so I went back in and seeing my name come across the TV. And uh, for me, that was just like one of the biggest accomplishments of my life. Like, yeah. I worked my tail off of that. Like, and it finally became a reality, you know? And then the fact that I got to share it with, you know, my family, my family. friends and stuff like that. It was just one of the moments that I'll never forget. No, that's incredible. That's incredible, man. And just to think like once again, like four years ago, you might've been, you might've been done. You know, you wanted to go back home and like I said, you had your community around you. Um, you also had your coaches telling you what you can do and what you what what can come out of this. Um, so you had to trust that the work you put in, because at the end of the day, you had to put in work mm-hmm. um, from going from a receiver to a cornerback. You had to trust yeah. people around you. Like, hey, he means what he's saying. Um, to now an NFL draft pick. Mm-hmm. And I know that had to feel incredible. Uh, your family was proud of you, your wife, your daughter. She probably didn't know, yeah. but she was proud of you. <laughs> she probably didn't know what she yeah. was proud of, but at this time, she probably was definitely proud of her father. Um, all the sacrifices everyone made, and you had to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's commendable because a lot of people don't keep going, and you kept going, and now you're NFL draft pick, now you're a stealer. From what I'm hearing is community is what got you yeah. here and what got you through there. I mean, like I um, say, too, one of the things... I feel like we don't do uh-huh. as men enough yes. is show emotion. Exactly. Like we, we, we hold it we hold it in because you're a man, you're supposed to be tough, you're mm-hmm. not supposed to show emotion, but at the same time, like all those things can be true and you can still be able to, you know, express how you feel and show you know, like other than, you know, what you got going on, like you're still human at the end of the day. Exactly. You're not you're not cyborg, like you're exactly. not a robot, you know what I'm saying? So like that's that's one of the things, like I said, for me it was big, like I just had to like it was okay to show emotion like for yeah. me like it was kind of like when I got when I got drafted for example like once I you know got off the phone like I just broke down you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying it was kind of like people thought it was you know tears of joy which I mean it partly was. a part of it was but at the same time it was just like damn you know like all this stuff that I've been through is finally it, it led up to this moment, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it was kind of like, but it was just like stuff only I knew yeah. and my wife knew because she was the only person that I would talk, talk to, to about stuff that was going on like that, you know what I'm saying? So it was kind of like, man, it was just it was just a, a weight lifted and it was kind of like tears of joy, but at the same time, here we go again. Yeah, because she knows. Now the real work starts mm-hmm. all over again, you know what I'm saying? So it's an uphill battle from being a late round draft pick, Yeah, you know what I'm saying, to making a roster, earning a spot. So it was... Exactly. Uh, it, was, okay. it was starting all over again, you know what I'm saying, since I was. So was that learned behavior, uh, learning to be able to wear, wear your emotions? Because uh, like you said, a lot of men don't know how to. One, they don't know how to or they don't want to. Um, so is that was that learned behavior? Is that something you, you kind of had from how you were raised? Or is that something you just had to realize as you got older um, that it's okay to you know be emotional, show emotions and things like that. Uh, it was definitely something I had to learn along the way. Yeah, like I said, because I grew up in a household of all women. You know yeah. what I'm saying. So as you know, 
I had an older sister and I got a younger sister. You know what I'm saying? So as being the only guy in the house, you don't want to, like, you feel like you have to be that yeah. protector all the time. And, like, you feel like you don't, a protector is someone who who don't cry, who's tough, mm-hmm. who don't let nothing bother them. You know what I'm saying? So, like, me growing up, that's just, that's just how I was raised. You know what I'm saying? But, like, over time, you know, um, it was just something I was just like, you know, it, it's all right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it's shit, right. shit happens. I mean, it happens. Like, you have to... Sometimes you just gotta get it out. Like I'm saying, yeah. all that frustration I was going through in college. Like I said, it was it was plenty of times I was just like, yo. And my and then my wife at the time, she's just like, I mean, if you gotta let it out, let it out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it's okay. Coach Tomlin, he told me a saying: Don't go to other people with your problems. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just like half of them glad you got them, and the yeah. other half don't care about them. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it was like one of those times I was just like, you know. That's just, like, the mentality I had, but at the same time, like, not saying, like, that's something, you know, that's not good, but it's mm-hmm. okay sometimes to show those emotions, you feel what I'm saying? Like, voice your frustrations or and just let it out, you know what I'm saying? Like, and keep pushing. He said half, glad you got him, mm-hmm. half don't care. And I think that's something we deal with is we're worried about what those other people are. For sure. When in reality, you have people that care. Mm-hmm. But since you've been taught so much that no one does, you hold it in. Mm-hmm. But let's take your two examples. Your wife, you talk to her, mm-hmm. and it helps you go forward. Yeah. You talk to your coach, you let it out, and it helps you go forward. I think there's another percentage somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. If it's half and half, one of them halves have to be cut down because people do care. Yeah. And every time you open up sure. and speak to people, great things happen. Yeah, Good sure. things happen. And I think that's something that needs to be kind of pushed out that people don't care yeah. and it's at the same time i also feel like what other people emotions or how they feel is something out of your control mm-hmm. and the biggest thing you can do is control what you can control Absolutely. and that's finding people you trust as i you know example you're coaching your wife and i'm sure you have other people that you trust now and you have to find those people because at the end of the day you have to get something off your chest yeah and that's going to help you and these people are here to help mm-hmm. and I think a lot of times we think so many aren't you, you start to realize that yeah. it's not true people do care and the yeah. more you open up and the more you talk about it better things happen yeah. draft day you also realize that hey I'm a late round guy I know I have to go through work does your wife understand this I know you know everybody doesn't know football some people do a lot yeah. but do does she understand okay I'm happy with you but I know you we talk yeah. you know what I'm saying so like I said she definitely like she definitely knew like I said it was going to be an uphill battle mm-hmm. especially like I said because there were other you know guys at my position yeah. that were also drafted in that draft class so she kind of knew like I said because you know late round pick Rick you're going to have to go in there you mm-hmm. know and you know, work your butt off, work your tail off. And especially, like I said, everybody knew that only playing two years of defense, yeah. going straight to the highest level, like you were going to need, you know, some experience. You know what I'm saying? I kind of feel like, you know, Pittsburgh was a blessing in disguise at the time because I needed the I needed the experience. And at the time, they had one of the best receivers in yeah. the league, Antonio Brown. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then that's why I credit Mike Tomlin so much. Great guy. Um, one of the best coaches I've ever had. He, he wanted the best for me, yeah. you know? So it was kind of like when we were at practice, he was like, if 84 is on the field, you're going 84. I don't I want you to follow him around because at the end of the day, like you said, it might not go your way, it might go your way, but at the end of the day, he's gonna make you a, a better player. Exactly. You know, so, and you know, I feel like till this day, you know, Antonio Brown has helped flourish my game so mm-hmm. much just being, you know, so raw to position, and like and I said, because I've been, you know, with different teams in my career, like I've learned, you know, new things about, you know, about the position. So yeah. like, 
I still don't know everything about yeah. this. I'm still learning every day. So it's like, that's kind of just how I approach it. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I got an open mind to, you know what I'm saying? Now, instead of just holding things in, you know, let it out and be willing to take in information as yeah. well. You know what I'm saying? You can't be, you know, stagnant about what other people are saying. Because like I said, you never know how that might apply to you somewhere else. You know exactly. what I'm saying? So that's kind of how I, I roll. So, you know, you talked about how you've been with other teams and things like that. So let's talk about how the NFL is and how unstable your job is day in and day out and how you're able to maneuver through that and get through those, you know, thoughts because any day you can get cut or any yeah. day you might get, you might. So I think the, the biggest thing with the NFL is kind of like the whole purpose of your podcast. Because mm-hmm. once you get into your head mentally, it's hard to get out. Yeah. Just because the simple fact of like, Man, you got to be in the right state of mind to be in the NFL. Like I said, because like if you go into the NFL, like you can be one of the, you know, best players on your team and stuff like that. But if you're not mentally into it, like anything can happen at any point, at yeah. any moment. You know, so like for me, like it was like I said, I knew I was a you know a late round pick and stuff like that. So it was gonna be an uphill battle for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I feel like I'm working my tail off. You know to, you know, earn a spot in the rotation at the time. Like, I ended up making the team my first two years. It was just strictly on special teams, mm-hmm. and I'm working my butt off to just get out there, just, you know, to get in the rotation at the corner spot. And it was kind of like going back to how it was in college. Like, you feel like you're better than the man in front of you, or you yeah. can contribute more than the man in front of you is, but it just, it's not working out for you. And like I said, that can kind of get in your head for me. Yeah. Like, and I feel like there were times in the NFL where I, I got like that and my performance showed, you know what I'm saying? It, like, it showed like that I wasn't like into it. Yeah, man, that was just the biggest thing for me, you know, after like my second year, refocus, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, I, and after my second year, I got, going into my third year, I got released. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I've ever had to go to a situation where, you know, like I got cut. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm thinking like, damn. What? My career is over. Like it's over with. You know what I'm saying. So at that point, like I, I don't. I have a million emotions going yeah. through. Like it's my career over. Like what did I do? You know what I'm saying. Like was I start questioning myself. Like am I good enough? You know, like stuff like that started to pop and pop up in my head. And it was kind of like that put me into a that put me into like a state that nobody. I was in like a dark state at yeah. that point. It's just like because I've like I'm like nah, this can't be real. Like it. it it happened too fast, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, like, I know I didn't do anything wrong, but, like, what happened? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Then, like, before I, I signed with my next team, like, the season had already started. It was, like, almost midway through mm. midway through the next season yeah. before I signed. So, it, like... Just when did the, you get cut? Uh, right after right after training camp, going into my okay. third year. So, going into your third year, yeah. you went through all the camps, yeah. with mini camps and everything, yeah. and then training camp ended for the final. So, you made it the final 53 cut? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, yeah, it was like, you know how they make the the the, the first early cuts yeah. and then they make the late cuts. So, I was on, like, the cusp of being, you know, either, you know, practice squad or final cut. Uh-huh. And I ended up, like I said, making making it down to the final cuts. And, like I said, it came That's down great. between me and, you know, another guy and ended up keeping another guy who's still one of yeah. my close friends today. but. Like I said, like, shit, it, it, it happens, happens, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, it happens. But it was just like, that was the first time it had happened to me. So I didn't know how to actually process it in my mind, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, is it over with? Like, yeah. like I know I'm still good enough to play. I'm questioning my abilities. Like, am I good enough? What did I do wrong? You know what I'm saying? Like, that could put you in a bad mental state. So exactly. that's when I kind of, like, was... And then it happened for almost over a year. Yeah. All right, cause so was it the third season you got picked up? That's that same yeah, so season you like, got picked. Yeah, up? Yeah, it was a, okay, okay, it was yeah. the same season, but it was a course of like maybe just about a month a, or two, two two and a half. Yeah, about 
two and a half months, almost yeah. two, two and a half months before I got a ne- another call just to go home. somewhere. And I, so I was just like, and that, that's what I'm saying. That's what a lot of people like, I don't know. That's what you could like, it's easy to get in your head and be like, yeah, man. At that point, like the season started, I'm not going nowhere yeah. to just mentally check out, stop working out, stop doing the things you got to do. And then, boom, another opportunity calls. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So like, luckily, like I said, I was still in the mindset, you know, staying you know, uh, ready if I got yeah. another call. But it was just like I said, when that first happened, those first couple of weeks, I was just like, I hadn't been through this before. I didn't know how to, like, and the thing is, I had a little kid, yeah. had a wife who was with me, so I'm just like, we ain't got nowhere to go. Because at the time, I didn't have a house. Oh, you yeah, know? Okay. So I, didn't, I didn't have a home yet. So it was either like, do we go back to Texas to live with my mom? Do we go back to Utah to live with your mom? Because it's like, there's no sense of us being in Pittsburgh anymore if yeah. I'm not here. You know what I'm saying? So it was like I said, it was a lot a lot going through my mind at the time and it wasn't more about me it was more about the family, family yeah. you know what I'm saying so like and like I said luckily like we ended up you know having another opportunity where we went somewhere but like it was just like that's why I'm like man my wife's a trooper like yeah. she was right there with me at the time we only had one kid the kid the dog like she's going <laughs> everywhere with me you know what I'm saying like so she dropped her whole life to do to chase basically chase my dream with, with me you know what I'm saying so it's kind of like like you said going back to man the community and what you got behind you is, is very big and you know your, exactly. your mental state and you know how your life plays out yeah man I appreciate you uh, giving me a time today uh, and just talking and just dropping off a, f- a few tools to put in the toolbox man um, I think a lot of people can learn from all your experiences that you've been through uh, being a good teammate uh, teaching me some things uh, and helping us win uh, sure. about to be on our way to Canton right now um, hopefully we can finish out the season the way we want to I appreciate it man thank you yeah.